Be the Good is all about people doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I'm Kate Cherichello, and welcome to today's episode. If you are enjoying these stories, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much. You can also join our Facebook community under the group title, Be the Good with Kate Cherichello. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Welcome back to Be the Good. Vocal Ease is a nonprofit here in New York City that provides entertainment to New York City senior citizens. And I have the founder here today, Eva Swan. And I have to say, I have a personal love of this organization as I have been blessed with the opportunity to perform with them a number of times over the years. So Eva, thank you so much for being here. Kate, I'm so happy to be here. I'm honored. Well, Vocal Ease does so much good in our community. So Eva, just to start, tell us more about who you are and what you do in your own words. Okay. I am a person that just has a lot of passion and a lot of heart who wants to do good things uh, for myself and good things in the world by fulfilling. And my goal is to never hurt anybody along the way. Um, and uh, what I do um, for over 21 years now is I'm the founder of Vocal Ease. Um, as Kate said, it's a nonprofit organization. It's a singing organization that performs for seniors at hospitals, nursing homes, senior centers, and senior residences. I recruit a lot of professional performers, uh, primarily singers, to, uh, to sing with the group. Uh, we go, we put on a one-hour show. Uh, we have uh, piano and drum accompaniment. And we choose a bunch of songs that seniors know and love and that the performers know and love as well. So that it's a win-win. People get to perform songs that they love and even more important, songs that the audience really, really loves that they identify with. And they are. They're so much fun, these shows, because you're so interactive, right? You're right there in front of the audience. It's not like you're far away in a giant dark theater. And, and I love that you can see the smiles on their faces. There are a lot of times when we as performers can go into the audience and dance with the people watching. So it really is such a joyful, joyful performance too. Yeah. You, you said, you know, you can really see their eyes. You can see the white of their eyes. And um, I think that people who are, list, are used to the stage, that can really freak them out. <laughs> to, to it is see, true. You're, you're so vulnerable, and, but you get used to that. And you get used to that real close connection. And it's also, it also, unfortunately, somewhat, the environments often aren't beautiful. So the environments don't inspire you like a beautiful set does on a stage. And we don't have beautiful lighting. But we just we just get right down to it. You know, we, we're just we're just left with singing deeply from our hearts and just say, who are you? This is me. Let's let's just have this beautiful event together. Absolutely. And, and the people sing along a lot of the time as well, which is so much fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. They sing along a ton, which is great. Uh, that's what we want. We yes. often when I start the show, I tell them this is their party. I said, if you want to sing along, please do. If you want to get up and dance and you can, please do. Tap your feet. You know, just, just, just remember that this is for you. Yes, absolutely. And Eva, tell us more about your path to where you are today in terms of vocal ease and just life. Okay. So my path felt so incredibly roundabout. If you had asked me a week before I came up with the idea of forming vocal ease, I would have told you that you were nuts because I had no idea 
where my path was going to lead me. I was actually confused and lost, and I was just searching for what my path was. I loved singing and music my whole life. As a little girl, I'd be skipping up and down the street. My very first song from beginning to end was um, Feeling Groovy, Simon and Garfunkel. I remember singing to the daisies. I remember singing to the lamppost on the street. Um, I had fantasies about being Barbara Streisand. Um, and uh, I went on to major in music um, at Stony Brook University. Um, everything was classically oriented. That was the direction that I was pushed in. So for a while, I thought I would be this classical artist, that I would learn some Puccini roles, that maybe I would do concerts at Carnegie Hall. And I studied hard and I loved the challenge. But then when I hit a certain mark where I thought, okay, I kind of overcame all these technical things that my ego wants to overcome. I don't love this type of music enough to pursue a career in it. I don't know if I really have everything that it takes to launch this type of career. Um, and I started to just reassess music and I stopped singing for a while. I worked in lots of restaurants, supporting myself, tried other odd jobs to support myself that I thought might be more fulfilling than waiting tables. I still had this dream of having a full-time career. I Somehow I thought it could still be big and wonderful. I started to learn how to sing in more of a popular style, went back to voice lessons with a different kind of a teacher. And, uh, and as I'm working in restaurants, I just kept soul searching and soul searching. And I was going to piano bars to sing because it was the only place where I could sing. I had done some professional work, but in the classical field, and it was mostly church singing, uh, you know, paid church singing. So my only way to perform was to go to these piano bars. And I thought, well, this isn't quite right because I don't want to sing to people that are drinking all the time, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's okay, but I don't want to get my singing satisfaction out of that. And just like I said, the soul searching, the soul searching, soul searching. And I had um, performed for a couple of organizations that are not that different than Vocal Ease. And I loved it. I got that connection that I started, you know, to get when I formed Vocal Ease. And I, I felt the connection with, um, hospitalized people and I felt how important it was to them and how moved they were and that they also inspired me I, I came to them to try to bring them comfort and they would come back to me and say what are you doing I love your talent tell me about you tell me tell me what your goals are um, so anyway so the soul searching continued and then one day I'm, I'm pacing my apartment and I'm thinking, where do I belong? Where do I belong? And I started to also think that I want to use my talent to help people. My ego that I had as a younger woman was subsiding. And, but I just wanted to sing. And I also thought that I just wanted to give. I wanted to use my talent to help. And a light bulb went off and it said, start your own organization. And it was one of those very few times, I think, in most of our lives where the answer that you're getting is from deep from your soul. And there's nothing that's going to deter you from it. I started talking to it about it to some of my best friends, my boyfriend, who thought it was a great idea. Um, they saw me in it. I told my dad, he thought I was nuts. He said, how are you going to start a nonprofit organization? Where are you going to get the funding? You're crazy in this, this economy. And I cried. Um, I said, no, but dad, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. This time I really found, I really found the right thing. It's not, it's not one of those other little paths that were like, you know, short term fixes. This is it. This is it. And uh, a year later, he believed it was it because he saw the passion that nothing was going to stop me from doing this. It just it came from so deep in my heart. Uh, and there have been so many obstacles in launching vocally. There are obstacles today, but it's the first thing I've ever done in my life that it feels like nothing's going to make me stop this. It's, it's what it's what 
seems my life has been led to. Oh, that's, I mean, you can just feel your passion <laughs> through, <laughs> through the screen. I'm feeling it. Uh, speaking of obstacles, Eva, how has the past 18 months changed things for you? Because obviously Vocalese is used to being a live in-person sort of an activity and a nonprofit. So how has it looked different these past 18 months? Okay, so when COVID struck and all my shows started getting canceled, um, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just shut Vocalese down for a couple of months and we'll just come back live because none of us knew that this was going to happen. And I got on the phone with some of my board members and they said, don't shut down, don't shut down, reinvent, go virtual. I was scared. Uh, Kate, I'm the worst with virtual. I learned the very few things that I absolutely have to learn and leave the rest to others. I don't have a craving. Oh, teach, teach me this, get me, get me involved in how to do this technologically. Um, I'm trying to get less fearful, but um, so the idea terrified me, but I also knew that I didn't want Vocalese to shut down. I knew that I had to make a living. I knew that I had worked on the organization for almost 20 years, you know, when COVID hit. So their answer was very logical. So I bit the bullet and we went virtual and I assembled a virtual team right away. Um, I will say that that's uh, Carl Danielson, um, piano player, music director, uh, Noah Hadlin on the drums, a young, very gifted man who is now finally back on tour in Waitress. Um, COVID, you know, halted his performances and he had to work odd jobs for a long time um, in the interim and uh, he's back now. Um, and then we have, um, we call them videographers slash editors, and they take the footage that vocalist performers send us, and they enhance the footage to make them spectacular. So basically, we, instead of performing live, well, we've just started now to get back to some live performances. For 17 months, no live performances, and we created um, a whole lot of um, video shows and telephone audio shows. And the video shows are about a half an hour long. There's about a dozen singers in each show, each with one song. The singer records the vocal at home. They send their vocal in. They video, the tel they video themselves at home. They send their video in. Um, we provide them with the accompaniment, uh, piano, bass, and drums, uh, sometimes added synthesized instruments. Uh, and then we, like we said, we take the raw footage that they give us of their video and we just enhance it. If you were singing in your backyard, we would, okay, we'd leave that backyard screen and we would just have all these beautiful uh, images of nature or something else that helps tell the story of the song. Um, some of them are so fun and some of them are so goofy and some of them are just so deeply emotional. Um, so you've been a part of that. We have your completed um, song, um, I'm Old Fashioned, which is really... I think very lovely. Yeah. So you sent it to green screen. A lot of the performers do send us green screens and then um, our videographer slash editors create a beautiful story around your green screen. It's, it's amazing what you could do with technology now. And it is, it is scary because it's constantly changing and there's so much to it, but you've built such a team around you that you had it all set up, ready to go and look what you've created. That's been fantastic. Yeah. The team has held my hand so tightly. They know, they know my fears <laughs> and they know my strengths and they just, they just take me along in the ride. And I just oversee everything and make a whole lot of requests and recruit and ask for edits. And, but they are, I just feel they're the power behind it. And I want to pinch myself because I never thought we'd be doing any videos. 
at all. And then I'm looking at these videos that are, they're blowing me away, considering that we use a very small um, budget for our footage that we get online. It's just so small, but they just do such wonders with it. Uh, it's reached so many people as well. Eva, there already are so many good, I like to call them good news moments in this conversation, but do you have any specific stories you'd like to share of maybe audience members that you've talked to over the years or personally or anything that would fall under that umbrella of good news and just spreading goodness, which you know this is all about? Well, I think... um... You know, the performers love to be involved because they feel that they're a part of the good and they really are. And they get they get to keep their feet in the game when they're not busy performing. I've had really accomplished performers tell me that they learn something every time they do a vocally show because, you know, maybe the telephone rings, maybe um, <laughs> maybe a patient starts yelling, you know, or. <laughs> You know, or maybe they just make some off the cuff comment that just shocks you so much um, or inspires you so much. Oh, I something just came to mind about about getting back when you think you came to do the job to give. Um, I remember I was performing at Terrence Cardinal Cook Healthcare Center. It's on Fifth Avenue, I think between 106 and 107. Um, They have a lot of. residents there that have severe handicaps and they're they are beautiful souls and they love performances they are just so grateful so i remember um saying to them oh i'm going to sing this song for you and i really hope you like it and i'm going to slow down the lyric more than what you used to because i just really want i just really want to communicate the beauty of this lyric and i to, to me it feels like slowing it down just makes it more beautiful. And an audience member called out and said, you're beautiful. We love you. Oh. I, I felt a love dagger go right through my heart that I have never forgotten. You know, wow. we all have all these doubts about ourselves. You know, we often don't think that we're beautiful. We often question whether we should be performing at all. And then someone says to you, totally out of the blue, what he said. And I mean, I mean a love dagger. I'm, I'm feeling it as I say it to you now. And that was probably about 15 years ago. And I'm saying this to you now. So talk about giving and receiving. You, yes. you come to give, but I think when we do something like the work of Oakley's, we get back more than we give. Very much so. It is. It, you, you can't leave a performance of vocal ease and not have your heart fuller than when you got there. It yeah. really. Yeah. And, and also in, in terms of the way it affects, um, affects the performers, I, I was thinking about this one story of a woman. She contacted me in um, 2019. She knew someone that performed vocal ease and she was interested in performing. So she sent me some videos and I could see that she was really a lovely talent. So I was excited to bring her aboard. Um, So she came aboard and she was lovely and she performed in several shows before uh, COVID struck. And um, she had said to me that she was overcoming an injury from, for a long time. And that this was her first time back performing. And 
that that Vocalese was such a safe place for her to get back into the love of her craft. And, and I love that it was a safe place for her. It's been a safe place for me to grow and experiment, expand on what I can do with my voice, expand on how I reached out to my audience, expand on trying to be as true and as close to the song as possible when I'm singing to somebody. Um, so I never pride and said, what was your injury until just before this interview? Because I thought that it would add to it if I knew a little bit more about it. So we were just on the phone about an hour ago. And I said, I never wanted to pry, but she doesn't live in New York anymore. I said, but can you tell me about your, um, your injury? Because I think I want to share it. And I think it would be more inspiring to, to have more specifics. So the specifics without, you know, giving her away at all, is that in 2017, on a professional gig, she was struck in the face with a prop and she had a concussion. And this concussion was severe. And for years, her life was halted as she knew it. It halted all of her performances. She had memory problems. She had so many emotional problems. She had so many physical internal problems from this concussion. This concussion was completely life affecting. Um, So now I know that she didn't come back from a twisted ankle or a broken leg. She came back from something that scared the hell out of her, wondering if she'd ever even be herself again. And we were crying. She said, you know, if I start talking about this, I might cry. I ended up crying more than she cried as she told me her story. Um, So that's all, I think, all part of the good. Um, There's another beautiful story I'll tell you about a a Vocalese audience member. Years ago, we were at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital up in Washington Heights, and we performed for their physical rehab unit. And it's always a small audience of people that have just gone through very traumatic physical things, um, you know, strokes and what have you, severe car accidents and so forth. And uh, there was this lovely woman in the audience. Um, I have to tell you the truth that I didn't know there was this lovely woman in the audience until later. Um, She had had a stroke. And she, and, and she saw a vocally show and, and the staff had said, we want you to come see the show. And she said, oh, no, no, I'm tired. There's no, you, you should come see this vocally show. You're going to enjoy it. Well, it turns out that she ended up loving the show. And I don't have the memory of performing her for that show, but she started following vocalies all around and telling me her story that you were at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital when I had a stroke. And I didn't even want to come to your show, but I was sort of like dragged into your show and I loved it. And your show, the talent and the connection of those performers inspired me. It, it inspired me to want to get well. So I'm sure we were just one of the many things that inspired her because the care at Columbia Presbyterian is great. But to be part of that is priceless. And so this woman started following vocalies around. You know, she's healthy now and she would just show up at this senior center and show up at that senior center and meet all these different cast members and everyone who meets her just loves her. And she's so unbelievably grateful she fills my heart with just joy because she's so grateful and she's so joyful and she's so appreciative and she sends two donations to vocal ease a year as though showing up and giving all her love isn't enough <laughs> wow wow well and that I mean that is the thing with music too right like it reaches people and you're so good about tailoring the songs to the audience of the day you know, you, you read the room, so to speak, and it, they so often relate to these songs. They grew up with these songs. 
And it does, it makes them feel so good. It takes them back to a time, you know, from like, I, I, to use the example of the song that you have me sing often is old fashioned. And I always see the mouths moving with it and you can just see them kind of get lost in it. And I love to think about what is the story? You know, what are, what are they thinking? Like this woman that now is such a fan of vocalese, like what, what do these songs do to her? What place do they take her back to? What happy memories do they help her revisit? And it's really special to be a part of that. Absolutely. Yes. And Eva, I have one more question for you. And I always love to hear the different responses here. What are some of your favorite mantras or a saying or a quote that you find yourself telling yourself or others often? Well, when people are trying to figure out their lives and get it in a direction that feels more fulfilling, if it's not feeling very fulfilling, my, my, my mantra over 21 years ago when I first founded Vocalese was to be the giver first. Uh, don't wait for things to come to you. Don't wait for you know, all these opportunities where you can just suck the marrow out of life, just be handed to you. Be, be the giver first. And then I think that you'll be shocked how much comes back to you. I started Vocalese when I was waiting on tables and made very, very little money. And, but I wanted to be the giver first. And I took my tip money um, to get the cab rides to the places, to, uh, to create our first flyer, um, to do whatever I had to do and put a portfolio of 11 shows together, spending my own hard-earned <laughs> spare money, um, took this portfolio to one of the co-vice presidents of Bark Restaurants that I happened to work for for nine years before I launched Vocalese and showed them the portfolio with the piano players and the singers and the, the lovely flyer that I created. And he said, this is wonderful. He said, how can I help you? And I said, well, I want to turn this into an organization that will be my full-time work. And will you help me? And he said, well, I can't like, you know, help you in like a gigantic way to give you a full-time job of vocalist right away, but I will help you. I am so happy to help you. I will give you seed money. So I spent my own money, but I got my little portfolio. And then I got the help from the restaurant company that I worked for uh, to help launch the organization. And they, they kept funding. They were my only funder for four years um, until it, I became a 501c3. And I don't see how I was going to launch without the money that they gave me, that initial money. And they stuck with us for so many years with small grants year after year after that. Uh, but oh, I think it that started, is yeah, I think it all started with be the giver first. That's a great, that's a great quote and something so, so simple, but so huge at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. so needed. Mm-hmm. Eva, thank you so much. Where can, where can we all find you online? I would go to www.vocaleaseinc.org. That's our website and um, contact information is there. Um, Some of our spectacular videos are there that I'm still pinching myself over. We're still creating them as we slowly get back into live performances. Uh, There you can find a link to our um, YouTube page where all of our videos live. Um, We have our current performance schedule up there. And you can just get an idea of, of the people that are involved in Vocalese over the years. It's, there's, there's a lot of information there that's very easy to just breeze through and learn about the group. Great. Eva, thank you so much for sharing all of this with me today. Thank you for having me. I am so glad that I met you. 
I don't know, was it 12 years ago or more? It was like Amy, Amy Eidelman. Yeah. Released in 2011. So it must have been about a couple years later, maybe 2013, yeah. that she said, you need to hear my friend. She's great <laughs> for vocalese. And you were. So I think Thank it might you. be, I think it might be about 10 years that we've known each other. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm very, very grateful to you and of what Vocalese has done. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you like, subscribe, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.